Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 152. This is the official Marvel podcast of everything. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Marvel.com editor Ben Morse. Wow, 152. Huge number. Just keeps getting bigger, it seems like. It's, it's crazy how it just gets bigger every, every time, week. Every time. I'm surprised. I'm taking yeah. it back. Glad you guys are listening. Uh, we are very excited. We got some cool stuff going on here in This Week in Marvel land. Today we have got our This Week in Marvel Unlimited reading club. We are talking Mystic, which was a fun, quick read, perfect palate cleanser after the horrors of Squadron Supreme. Uh, <laughs> we've got a lot to tell you guys about. We're going to cover all the comics this week. We're going to cover all the news. We're going to hear from you. We are going to have a special guest. Uh, lots going on. Do want to start prepping for in two weeks two weeks from today yes not from today because this comes out thursday on october 8th uh as part of new york comic-con super week uh we will be doing a podcast at avengers station at 8 p.m it is i mean it's live recorded live in front of a studio audience yes it's live in the sense there'll be an audience there so if you're going to be in new york city on october 8th uh, and you would like to attend, we would love to have you there. Uh, it's not a purchase tickets in advance type thing. It is free. You just show up at Avengers Station, um, try to get there a little earlier than 8, and just come on in. There, There's 100 seats available, and hopefully we can fill them. Uh, I think we won't have a problem. I'm going to bring free stuff to give yeah. away. I've got a box of Disney Infinity Marvel figures. We'll bring some comics. We're going to have guests. Yes. Um, it's going to be fun and hopefully weird and wacky. <laughs> we'll announce some more specific details uh, probably next week, but also follow us on Twitter at Agent M, at Ben J. Morse, because certainly we will be sharing the details of this. There's, there's going to be some cool deals going on with Avengers Station if you want to come early. Um, there's some cool stuff going on with Super Week in general. We are excited to be a part of it. And, uh, yeah. It'll be very different from sitting here in this lonely, cold little room. Yeah, it's not that cold in here today. No, it's I nice. know. I wore a sweatshirt, and I don't really need it. No. But I always, even even in, like, August, I'll wear a sweatshirt in here because it gets randomly cold. Yes, it does. Which is nothing you guys are interested in, but stuff you are interested in are the comics on sale this week. Ryan, kick us off with uh, a stream of... All new titles. All new Ghost Riders up first. It's issue number seven, written by Felipe Smith, with art by Damon Scott and inks by Robert Campanella. And awesome colors by Val Staples up in here. Colors really uh, popped across every page of this book, something I took notice of as I was reading it. Uh, more drama, more cool stuff. You know, it's, it's setting up uh, what the direction that um, our new Ghost Rider uh, is going in, and we get to see the return of a... Well, I guess it's it's not that mysterious, maybe? No, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> There's a return of somebody in this book. Uh, Damon Scott's art is is great. It's very graffiti-esque, uh, really cool, really weird, and, and creepy at times. Uh, I dig it. I dig it. All New Invaders, number 10, written by James Robinson, art by Steve Pugh. Uh, but first, let's talk about this cover. By Scott Collins, one of my yes, favorite Scott artists Collins. in the world. I am super excited. I thought he had retired from comics, but apparently back in the fold. And that's like this. super tight Scott Collins. Oh, too. beautiful. I, when Scott Collins is on his game, and he usually is, he is 
is Hobbs. I have a beautiful original piece from him that I got as my, my wizard going away present. Nice. Did your wizard going away present? Uh, Steve Dillon. Yeah, 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 yeah. So much love for Scott Collins. In between the covers, we have last month there was a big Deathlock fight. They fought like a million Deathlocks. Uh, this time, jumping back and forth between a few eras, going back to World War II, specifically dealing with the Iron Cross, who is an old villain, because we meet his daughter, who is not so much a villain here. Very cool character, very cool power set. She's an inhuman. Uh, she was working to kind of repent for her dad and got fused with her armor. So now she has a whole new set of skills. They're investigating uh, this Martian Wait, invasion. Was yeah. the Iron Cross, it was a villain, right? Yeah, he was a bad dude. And she? She is a hero. She's trying to make up for her dad's being mm. a jerk. Um, yeah, she's trying to. I really like her design. I love her, like, her, her design. new design. Is cool. Her old design is crazy because look I at those giant those arms. arms. It's crazy. Those, like, giant gorilla arms. I love it. It's cool. It's very cool. Steve Pugh's a good designer. Um, yeah. What I like here is there, there's all these Deathlocks milling about in the background, and there's a really like kind of cool Deathlock moment towards the end. But I also just like the interaction between the invaders. I feel like they have a different dynamic than pretty much every other team because they are this band of brothers deal. But Human Torch kind of going crazy. Namor going off. I love this bit between Namor and Captain America where James Robinson gets a chance to write the Avengers-Illuminati conflict for just a page, and it's perfect. Um, and then we get to see some more World War II invaders-type heroes, British heroes. Love them. And there's an invasion going on in England, and this last page is really cool. And uh, this next arc, I think, is going to be super. Very exciting. England's getting invaded by zombies a couple yep. years ago. Um, the vampires a couple vampires, years ago. Probably zombies at some yeah, point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. All right, we're wrapping up Amazing Spider-Man Learning to Crawl with Amazing Spider-Man number 1.5. This has been a great, I, I've maintained and really feel now that it's over, it, it, it reads beautifully. It's just one story. Contributes a lot to the lore. Written by Dan Slott. Art by Ramon Perez. Looking back at the period between the early issues of Amazing Spider-Man, in this case, Clash has come on the scene as a new villain who also used to be Spider-Man's number one fan. Peter Parker has kind of retired from being Spider-Man. This issue is about what gets him back in the webs. Um, what he, what Basically, what I like is we learn the origin of two really important things I never would have thought about here. Well, one is kind of a little more obvious. It, it's how he reinforces the whole with great power comes great responsibility thing and the role Aunt May plays. It's not just Uncle Ben. She imparts something. But the other thing is, this is actually the origin of Spidey's, like, jokes. Why he tells jokes when he's fighting. And it's really clever. Um, there's actually a, a rhyme and reason to why he does what he does. It's how he ends up, you know, in his final battle with Clash. A lot of stuff that was introduced in this book as far as, like, Clash, as far as some of the high school students that I really hope Dan Slott brings back into the modern-day Amazing Spider-Man. Knowing Dan, I'm sure you will. I'd put money on it. But it was really cool. It was just a neat, and Ramon Perez's art was great oh, at yeah. looking, you know, modern but of the time. Uh, really nice package. Going to be a great trade paperback to pick up um, and great to read, you know, digitally and everything. Over to Amazing X-Men, number 11, by uh, Yost and Kyle, our boys. Pencils by Carlo Barberi. Uh, the big craziness with all the Wendigos. 
uh, <laughs> is now spilling over into the U.S. and it's great. Like the uh, the the infected humans are crossing the border. There's this great panel where some of them are just naked people. Oh yeah. Some of them are Wendigo because once they hit that border, boom, they be, they uh, revert back to people. Uh, great stuff. As half the team is in the spirit realm. Trying to figure out what the hell's going on. I'm assuming uh, you love this Iceman stuff. This Iceman stuff yeah. is so. Look at how happy that that wolf is. Mm-hmm. Like I can't handle. I look at the wolf faces. They're all so yeah. excited. They're like, hey, 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 <laughs> hey, ice, he, hey, ice guy, hey, ice head, ice head, hey. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Uh, but then we get to really get we get a good sense of why everything is going down the way it is and mm. who's at uh, the center of it all. I love. These, I'm, I'm pointing to a page, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I it's love page. all these guys. You know what I like? That the way Carlo Barberi draws Storm's hair. Everyone yeah. else has his like this straight up mohawk. He just has it's like this is mohawk, but like all the moose is out. Yeah, it's just flopped on her forehead. She's been fighting for like hours, yeah. so it's, it's, it's a nice not, touch. Yeah, it's not up and, and crazy <laughs> right now. And then last page is like, oh crap. Yeah. Oh crap. Uh, over to Cyclops number five, written by Greg Rucka, art by Carmen Carnero, uh, and uh, we've got we we see that um, Cyclops and his dad they're still stranded, but they have a plan, and their plan is to get caught by bounty hunters. Great plan, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. makes sense. Uh, really interesting stuff, like developing uh, what Greg and um, the the crew here develop with like the aliens, the some sort of like code of ethics, a whole bunch of different things that are put in here, which I think are awesome and uh, definitely want to see more of. Uh, we get to see Cyclops, actually young Cyclops, uh, utilizing the training that he's been going through with his dad and uh, seeing that he's he's really a smart kid. I like young Cyclops a yeah, lot. He's a very likable character. He's really a likable character. Um, obviously, Corsair is great. He's just a pirate. Uh, interesting ending, and um, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm, yeah. You know, there's this one character introduced here. I would love to see more of her. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll see. Well, Deadpool number thirty-five. Man, this book just every month. Oh just, my god. They are so in a zone of just. Uh, I, I feel like Jerry Duggan and Brian Prosan, the writers, have just locked in this technique of just balancing the comedy and the horror and the action. They they. You would think they've been doing this a lot longer than they have. They're very, very good. The art's by Mike Hawthorne. That's also beautiful. Um, Terry Pallett on inks. Jordy Blair on colors. It's just a whirlwind of things happening. Uh, Deadpool with his daughter, which I love. is one of my new favorite things because he's he loves her and he's so sensitive, but he also can't help but be Deadpool, so he's kind of like blunt and jokey, <laughs> and there's some opportunity for some funny stuff there. Uh, he visits his... I don't know. I mean, not his mother-in-law because he never ma- married Ellie's child. Basically, the the mother of his child's mother, who is in an assisted living center, and she hates him for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. And there's some really gross stuff that happens. Uh, uh, <laughs> this scene with the yeah, bucket. Uh, yeah. Scene the bucket. Then he goes right to the Jean Grey school, has a nice chat with Evan, and then we have this stuff with the the Korean X Men. Um, which they're just oh my the God. saddest characters. My heart hurts. Yeah. Every time, every time. And, and seeing them interact with the actual X-Men is just... It, and just seeing that, you know, Deadpool's a good guy here, but Storm still doesn't trust him. I love Nightcrawler in this Nightcrawler book. Nightcrawler is amazing yeah. in this. I really like Nightcrawler's, like, even though they only have brief interactions, Nightcrawler's relationship with Deadpool 
Like, he seems to get him yeah. in but, a weird way. You know, Nightcrawler's like, whatever, I'm going to love everyone yeah. uh, and, and open open my arms to everyone, yeah. no matter what. I forgot, actually, there's also a great... Uh, oh, the, 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 the Logan line? line? Yeah, the oh. Logan line with, so good. with Deadpool and Storm. Um, and then we get to the crux of the issue, which is Deadpool has this crazy fight <laughs> against Dracula in a Spider Slayer armor, which is awesome because Dracula's all, like... like drained and gross because Deadpool beat him in the gauntlet so now he has to wear this spider slayer armor and <laughs> Deadpool just keeps calling him a robot and he just goes do you not recognize me your greatest nemesis and it takes him a second and he just starts laughing at him uh, it's so great. and there's some shenanigans with a homeless guy and Deadpool getting practically naked and it's gross and yeah. he goes to the hospital and he talks to Tony Stark and then there's... We need more Shikla. I yeah. Like I'm, I'm saying that Shikla, right I do miss Shikla. She yeah. only shows up for little cameos. Um, and then there's... They're just running from scene to scene. The pacing is just beautiful. Like, oh, like yeah. God, they're so good at this. But, uh, yeah. And then it ends on a cliffhanger. And not like... Not like a crazy big action cliffhanger, but a really dramatic cliffhanger. Yeah. So... God, this book is good. Kudos. Just in a zone. Speaking of a zone, Edge of Spider-Verse number three by Dustin Weaver, just completely different. Um, this Edge of Spider-Verse book is so good because every issue is so different from the last one. Uh, if you think about it, it's we, we're getting five weeks of an Elseworlds mm -hmm. slash what, what if, if story. Yeah. Uh, brand new stuff. I want this forever. That'd be great. I want, I want an Edge new, of Spider-Verse ongoing, ongoing series. Every issue be great. done in one. Yeah. Brand new and like character, yeah. you could take all those things. Like the reaction to the Spider Gwen story mm -hmm. is huge. People want that as it's ongoing. Yeah. So could have launch her recurring, so much. yeah, beautiful. Oh, so good, so good. Yeah, but no, this book is just so cool. Just the idea of Spider Verse is so cool. Just these these twists and turns. Like in this one, for instance, Dustin Weaver writes and draws this, which is neat. Uh, he introduces Aaron Aikman, who is a much more sci-fi oriented Spider Man. He lives in a world where you know chemicals and medicine and everything is is much different than ours. Um, I love the layout. I love that they introduce this villain with an old school Marvel card. They really creates a whole universe for him because he's been around for years. They try to catch you up on him. He's trying to do it. It's seamless too. It's yeah, like, very oh, seamless. Boom, you're in. Yeah, I get it. There's this mysterious villain named Nomura who he's trying to figure out. He's got this backstory with this woman who was his teacher. It, it, it's packed so much. It really, just like with the Gwen stuff, makes you like, oh, I want to read more of this. I want to yes. know more about this guy. I want to know more about his world because it rapidly turns into this crazy chase. And, of course, it's beautiful because it's, it's drawn by Justin Weaver. Ridiculous. Justin Weaver. Gorgeous. And then the Spider-Verse tie-in doesn't come to the end, but when it does, it's, like, heartbreaking uh. because you've gotten to know quickly this character and this world, and suddenly Spider-Verse comes crashing down into him. And My, my yeah. hope is that we'll get, like, uh, a continuation of this scene. Yeah, where, I hope so. Where we see maybe it doesn't play out the way we think. Well, every story so far, the, the noir one, obviously, we knew Spider-Man noir, but, like, this story, the Gwen story, everyone I've come out with, like, okay, I need more. Like, when I get to the last page, I'm a yeah. little, like, ugh. Yes. It was, like, because even though you're getting a full issue, because it's a slice of this bigger universe that you're only seeing a bit of, you don't feel like you get the full story. So I want to get the rest. And apparently next we have like a horror Spider-Man. Yeah. And I said, it's really cool. Edge of Spider-Verse is awesome. So good. Uh, on to Guardians of the Galaxy number 19. Maybe our last Ooh. original sin? Nope, nope. Still one more. Okay. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number 19. Yeah. The, the Guardians of the Galaxy are really 
making. No, I, mean, I know there's last. one, more, at least one more of this story. I wasn't sure if there was another original Sin tie-in. Well, there's original Sin annual. Oh, that's right. So that's probably the that'll be the last. I, I don't know what's coming out first though, that or Guardians number twenty. Mm. So we'll see. It's a race to the finish line on who can keep original Sin going longer. Yes, uh, but Guardians nineteen written by Bendis, art by Ed McGuinness. Oh, that just uh, written by Bendis. Bendis, like uh, Prince. Great colors by Jason Keith all mm. up in here. Uh, this, you know, again continuing the story. Uh, of what happened to Peter Quill, Drax, Thanos, and Nova in the Cancerverse as Star-Lord in, um, in our universe in our time is telling the tale to Gamora, and she is not pleased with no. anything going We're on. We're buying it yeah. at all. No, uh, but it's this is huge. There's so much action and ex- exciting, and there's like these giant moments where you're like, <gasps> yeah. or like gasp, and then, you know, like this, they like fight, and it was so exciting, and then you're like, wait, what uh, makes all a lot of it makes sense yep. and gives me hope. I love that they brought back the crazy oh, Cancerverse Avengers. The Revengers? From, yeah, the Revengers from uh, Realm of Kings. I think yes. that's where they first showed up. Was that they were first in Realm of Kings? They were in Thar- Thanos Imperative. Yeah, right? I think they showed up. Br- now you might admit you're right. It may have been Thanos Imperative. Regardless, I l- I know a lot of people. I saw a lot of comments being like, "Oh, what a cool idea!" And I was like, "You know, it is a cool idea that they were brought back." But they definitely <laughs> kudos, kudos to Bendis for like he really you know went back and is picking this story right up where it left yeah. off and you know doing the little details and it's great. And yeah. you know, for me as always, seeing Rich Rider in action. But I like that they really capture why Rich Rider is so cool because he's got the professionalism, but also just like that enthusiasm to go out and do dumb stuff, yeah. like just fly dead ahead, which hopefully won't cost him yeah. too badly. Fingers crossed. I, yeah. Yeah, mm. I don't know, uh, man. Mm. It's, I uh, hope so. I hope mm. so. But we can't dwell forever. Let's go <laughs> on to Inhuman number six, uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Ryan Stegman. So the three new humans who were falling around, that would be Dante, Inferno, and his two chums, are uh, they're outside the city because the unspoken has taken over. He's got Medusa kidnapped. Uh, Dante's family, or his, his sister is in there. Uh, we got new character Naja, who we're learning about her and her power. She's pretty cool. Stegman's designs are awesome. They have to storm the castle. They have to get past the guards. They have to team up with the Nados, this crazy, awesome, inhuman doctor who immediately becomes, you know, someone you want to see more of. They got to go fight the unspoken. Just, again, the mythology building, learning the powers, the visual stuff. Every issue of this book feels like they're adding so much to the Marvel Universe and really appreciate it. And it ends on a cliffhanger related to Black Bolt with uh, Lineage, who I love this character, too. Just so many great characters, so many great, unique things going on in Human. I love the new character, the new humans that are, like... At the forefront of that book. Really strong yeah. new characters who, again, we're just talking about, you know, just really dropping you in and just making you care right away. Yeah. All right. On to Loki, Agent of Asgard, number six. This is our first of two big Doctor Doom issues for the for the week, <laughs> uh, which is very exciting because Doom is everything. And, uh, <laughs> I, yes, I am sponsored by Doom. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, this is written by Al Ewing tweet. and uh, art by Jorge Coelho. Coelho. Uh, anyway, it's uh, we get to see Latveria and some stuff is going on. There's like uh, 
a footnote to the Fantastic Four Annual Number One, and like the come out battle, yet. right? So something big's gonna happen. Something that was kind of cool, though. I like yeah, when they do that like, when they're like, okay. you know, stay tuned. I want I want more of that. Like, yeah. tell us what to read so you get the people yeah. who are reading this book to go get that book. Yeah. Um, but uh, Doom goes to the far future, meets old Loki. Everything goes crazy. It's gorgeous and creepy and weird, and it basically sets Doom on a path to to take care of some business. Then we switch over young current Loki uh, and Verity, his new friend. Who I like it because they're not trying. They're not romantically inclined. They're no. just friends, and like yeah. she's like. Even though they met at speed dating. Yes, but all that you know is going down. That's fine. Uh, she is part of this plan that he has. He Loki goes to. Uh, or gets pulled to uh, Doomstadt and um, has to deal with Doom. There's a great discussion about all the uh, the reasons why Doom uses the robot versions of himself. Uh, it's fantastic. Oh, yeah, that was really cool. Yeah. That was like, you can tell Al Ewing's been thinking a lot. I love, that. That love, really love that. Uh, some really interesting subplot with what's going on in Latveria as a whole with like politics and religion and ethics and all this other stuff uh, and, and how that's shaken out. But Doom Doom takes some big steps here uh, and it's fantastic friggin' book. Uh, Magneto number 10, written by Colin Bunn, art by Javier Fernandez and Gabriel Hernandez Volta. Uh, we, uh, I think this also takes place before... Uh, Uncanny Avengers that we read last week it takes place concurrently Concurrent. with Uncanny Avengers because we see the same scene at the end from a different perspective. Right. Well, here we get to see uh, a great trip into Magneto's mind and yeah. memories as uh, the Red Skull is just torturing him, yep. just messing with his mind and it's being horrible. Uh, but we get tons of glimpses into the various. Things that Magneto's been yeah. involved in. I love that Cullen Bunn really leans on Magneto's continuity yeah. and his story, like references specific stuff. Not so dense that you wouldn't be able to get it if you haven't read them, but if you, you know, if you've read that like Savage Land story, yeah, like it helps. Could have had a little Joseph in here. That's all I'm saying. Oh yeah, yeah. Could have a little Joseph. Yes, uh, little Joseph goes a long way. Yeah. Hey We've got uh, Nazi dinosaurs, which yep. is terrifying on terrifying. every level. Uh, just. Lots of really scary, creepy stuff going on here. That's and, what this book is. Yeah, and it, it's terrific. It's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, definitely uh, read this. Read Uncanny Avengers. You get, you're get getting this picture of what we're uh, setting up for Axis, and it's intense. Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man number 30, adapting the hit animated series by our boy Joe Caramagna. This particular issue adapts the episode I Am Spider-Man by Man of Action and Joe Fallon. Mighty Avengers number 14, or as I like to call it, Al Ewing's Ode to Luke Cage and Why He's Awesome, uh, written by Al Ewing, art by Salvador La Roca. The Deathwalkers have taken over everything. Everyone on Earth is basically bowing before them. They've seized mental control, and they're, like, putting everyone through these nightmares to just, like, break their wills. And we open with Luke Cage just going through, like, his worst nightmare of Jessica Jones just being depressed and taking their baby away and all this horrible stuff. And Luke just going, this isn't real, punching people and standing up. The whole issue is just Luke Cage standing up when everyone else is, like, kneeling down and just getting the crap, like, burned out of him and, you know, getting all these blasts and just, like, being a total badass. It's, like, it's the best Luke Cage issue I've maybe read since that new Avengers issue during Civil War, which is very, very high company. Yeah. Um, it's just all about why, like, Luke 
you know, he's powerful. He's got unbreakable skin, and I love that they just, he just he's just called the Unbreakable Man uh, here. So um, good. But like the real power of Luke Cage is just his resolve and the fact that he will just not give up. He eventually is able to get some help from Kalu, who is becoming a great oh character. Oh my god, so good. Um, and all the Avengers have to con- pinch in to fight, but it, it's really it's such a Luke issue, and I love it. And it's really one of those times where you can tell that uh, the writer gets this character and his appeal and why he's great. Um, puts a nice bow on pretty much everything that's gone on in this first year of Mighty Avengers to get it ready for a relaunch of Captain America and the Mighty Avengers, which is going to be coming in November. I love this friggin' book. Yeah, and this splash page at the end is great. Oh, so good. It's perfect, although Falcon seems to have disappeared. Falcon was definitely in the issue earlier, and he just pieced out here. I guess he had something to do. Hmm. Was he not here? Hold on. Yeah, he was there. He was there, right? Yeah, he was He's in one of the scenes. Wait. So. Who's, let's see. Who's it was Blade in the back, so it's not Falcon. Okay, that's Blade. Yeah. Yeah. That's who's just like, caca. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. Gotta go. Gotta go. Other Avengers <laughs> need me. I'm on uh, every team. Yeah. Uh, over to New Avengers number 24. This is our second epic Doom issue of the week. Doom. Um, and it, but it kicks off with thrusting right into the cabal um you get to see what's going on and namor's like first off it's eight months later eight, yeah right eight months later the cabal has been running rampant on uh yeah. alternate universes and namor's like so i made a <laughs> yeah. pretty big mistake <laughs> i had a terrible uh, idea and i followed through on it i screwed up yeah so he goes to have dinner with doom and um christoph christoph yeah. and uh he's like so here it is. You got great food. This is cool and everything. But I need your help. Yeah. Can you please help me take down these guys? I shouldn't have done it. But now I'm coming to you. And yeah. Doom's like, you should have come to me first. Yep. I want to curse a lot right here because, uh, like, in my head, that's he's just he's he's cursing. It's so good because it's like he's so straight up. He's like, if you don't help me, the universe will die. And Doom's like, my pride and the fact that I am your sloppy seconds. Uh, is more important to me than saving the world. There's one panel here. It's Doom says, you should have thought of, uh, thought of that, Namor, and more carefully considered your position. You should have known better. Doom is no man's second choice. Yeah, and he, amazing. He, he walks out, he's like, I'm done with you. Yeah, he drops Get the out. mic. Uh, and Kristoff's like, sorry, Namor. You, yeah. you seem cool, but uh, my dad's my dad. Yeah. I'm going with him. Uh, we flip over to another alternate Earth oh, that the Cabal, Cabal is just terrible, just tearing up this Earth that I guess the X Men were the prevalent um, superheroes in there. We get two Zorn, yeah, appearances. which you can tell that's Hickman loves his Zorn. I, I was totally okay with it. It was like well, because those are the Zorns he wrote in the Ultimate, yeah, universe. yeah, yeah, but yeah. versions of them in yeah, this yeah, yeah. universe, yeah, uh, and it's terrifying and creepy. There's this one panel here where Terax is like, and then they kiss. I, I That was amazing. Up. That was amazing. I, I you know what I you know what I like about the sequence too is they do a good job of saying like, oh my God, Corvus Glaive is so terrifying. Oh my God, is Terax is so terrifying as they build to Thanos. Yes. Because it's like these guys are scary, but they're the sidekicks. Yes. Uh and 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 then they kiss the disturbing thing is the villains are always smiling. Yep, they're, they're so happy. Oh, they're just they're 
taking such joy in all this discussion. It's terrifying. Well, it's also it's such a flip to New Avengers, where the whole book has been about like how you know these incursions. No matter what's going on, everything is terrible and everyone is sad. And they're just like, "This is great. Yeah. This is the best thing. This is ever. what we've been trying to do yeah. our whole lives. Just let us yeah. run rampant. Yeah. We like killing." Yep. Uh, we flip over to Wakanda, where. Everything's gone to crap. Yeah. Uh, if there's a crazy fight, I don't want to spoil anything more there, but uh, huge stuff going on with those characters. Uh, epic ending for someone, mm -hmm. somewhere. Uh, then we go back to Latveria, and as I said before, Doom is everything. Doom yeah. is all. He is 15 steps ahead of everyone else. He's like, yeah, I, I get it. Everything mm -hmm. dies. Boom. Comes back to that. We get to see what Doom has been doing, yeah. uh, his plans that he's been setting in motion, and a uh, huge last page yeah. that uh, I'm excited for you yeah. guys to see. Well, it's one of those things where it's like this whole series started with, you know, Reed Richards saying everything dies and then them figuring out what they're going to do and panicking and doing this. And Doom pretty much is the same thing. He's like, all right, and here's how I would do it. Yeah. I'm right. Yeah. You're wrong. Yeah. I'm going to get this fixed. Yep. Stay out of my way. Boom. I know what I need to do. Oh, I love Doom. He's the best. Yeah. And then they kiss. And then they kiss. <laughs> New Warriors, number 10, uh, written by Chris Yost and Eric Burnham, and art by Marcus Toe. I don't want to say too much about this. It was a great big issue. The New Warriors fighting uh, High Evolutionary. Crazy stuff happens. Uh, we get to see the uh, oh, the return of, of some characters. Okay. But right. I, read a, I read the issue, and I literally gasped yeah, and I was like, grabbed you, myself. I was and I, I was like, oh no, yeah. And I, I tweeted to Yost that he's a whore. I called. I said, you son of a bitch. Yep. Uh, and it, I was devastated. I still yeah. Am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot That's about it. that issue for a That's sec. It. It's rough, guys. Good book though. Check it out. Maybe it was co-writer Eric Burnham who did that. Maybe Chris Yost had no power no, over it. No, Yost. Oh, okay. I blame Yost. Yost. It was Yost. All right. Savage Wolverine, number 23, uh, this one written by David Morell. Beautiful art by Jonathan Marks. It's a one-off tale of Logan in the wild. He's being hunted by these guys. He goes off to where he kind of grew up uh, in Canada with wolves. And it's a lot about, you know, his, his reconciling his animal side with his human side, which he would rather be, kind of teaming up with a wolf. You know, this, this is not a good week for animals um, in the Marvel oh, Universe. God. Oh, God. Yeah, just a one-two oh, punch. Last night, and I was... So, oh, that's God. it. So, yeah, if you're an animal lover, you may want to avoid New Warriors and <laughs> Savage Wolverine this week. Oh, but if you can take it, they're they're very good stories. All right, uh, moving moving right along. Uh, back to you. I think yeah. no animals are harmed in the making of Secret Avengers, so you uh, should be okay. Kind of. Oh, uh, right. Secret Avengers number eight, uh, written by Alesh Kat and art by Michael Walsh. Walsh and Amazing Art uh, Colors by Matt Wilson. Um, this book, in a sense, it's very Deadpool-like. You know, it's got the same mm -hmm. sensibility. It can go from really funny to really twisted to really touching uh, all across one issue. But it's it's very wacky, very funny, very uh, self-aware. Again, similar to Deadpool. Uh, it's, it's great stuff. We've got the, the plot of... Um, Modoc and what he's been doing, why he's joined Shield. A lot of that comes to the fore. We get to see what's going on with the Fury. There's this just very upsetting page mm. uh, where you find out. Oh yeah, oh, and I was like, really? Wow, this is damn it, Alesh. These, yeah, these books oh, this week. A gut punch. It was really good, um, but we get to see at the end. I love. I freaking love the last page. 
Yeah, Love it's great. The last page it's great. You so should get much. that as a poster. Yeah, I I should actually see if uh, yeah, see if you can get the art. If for I that. could buy that art, from it's amazing. Matt Walsh. That would look beautiful hanging above your your bed. Yeah. Um, um, Storm number three. This book continues to just nail it. Uh, I think this is maybe I don't want, I'm not insulting by saying this. I feel like this is like the unexpected hit of the year. This is kind of like I think we found out very late in the game. Like oh we're getting a storm book. Oh that's kind of cool. Storm school and just all three issues have been great. Greg Pak, big part of that, the writer. Uh, beautiful art, this issue by Scott Hepburn with an assist from David Baldion. Storm goes back to Kenya, uh, where we first met her, uh, where she was a goddess. Uh, she deals with kind of some of that with some of the locals being like, oh, I wasn't really a goddess. Uh, yeah, we knew you weren't really a goddess, but we needed rain, so yeah. we did it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool to see someone addressing that. Uh, but the big thing here is that Forge, who she has a long history with, is already here dealing with a drought problem. Um, he has a machine that can presumably fix everything, uh, but it's 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 there's not no fighting in this issue. It's just the ethical quandary of can people handle this level of technology? Should they? Who has the right to decide how it's used? While at the same time, Forge and Storm are dealing with their deep personal issues um, from all the way back when they first met to their most recent encounters. Um, really, just good stuff. Just great character stuff. Greg Pak just knows how to take seemingly small thing like hey we're gonna go to kenya and try to fix a rain issue and just get a beautiful beautiful story out of it art's great forge is interesting um nice allusions to a bunch of different stories and uh, ends in an interesting place and i don't know what we're dealing with next but i really look forward to every issue of storm um which i never thought i'd say storm's never been one of my i've always liked her she's number one of favorite characters but greg box really making me like her and finally, we've got Thunderbolts, number 31, uh, part five of The Punisher versus Thunderbolts, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker, art by Kim Jacinto. This is just a big old Punisher versus Red Hulk fight. Uh, Punisher's got tech. He's got everything he needs. Shoots a guy in half. Just, just flat blows up the bottom half of his torso. Um, then has his big Hulkbuster Punisher armor. Fights Red Hulk. Hawkeye and the Avengers show up, which is great because it's Hawkeye and, like, a bunch of random Avengers, like Cannonball and Sunspot and Hyperion and Shang-Chi. And Punisher's like, you, wait, you're, you're not the Avengers. And he's like, no, seriously, we're the Avengers. Red Hulk's like, these aren't Avengers. Don't worry about it. And he's like, like, Sunspot's just going, like, seriously, we're the Avengers. There's a bit where Sunspot tries to punch the Red Hulk, which is tremendous. Yeah. There's tremendous. also uh, a great bit where uh, Red Hulk's like, Get out of my way. I'm going to yeah. smash you all. And Punisher's like, I, you guys are heroes. I'm not going to kill you. I'm not going to fight you. Yeah. You guys are the good guys. You're yeah. doing what you need to do. Which, yeah. We should always see that from Punisher. No, I, but I like the, the flip. Like, Ross is off yeah, his rock. crazy. And then at the end, uh, some of the other Thunderbolts show back up. We find out, that seems to be a theme in this book, that not everything is what it seems. Yeah. And the last issue is going to be probably the nastiest fight yet. Throwdown. Oh, boy. How do we pick? So many books. So uh, many mine's Deadpool. Books. I love Deadpool this week. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, no, you know, everything was great. I loved Mighty Avengers. I loved a lot of stuff I read this week, but Deadpool was just, Deadpool's just on fire right now. You, you gotta, gotta get pretty early in the morning right now to beat Deadpool. I agree. Deadpool, mm -hmm. I, I won't pick it because you already picked it. Thank you. Um, I am torn. I'm gonna pick two. I don't care. All right, go for it. We can New do Avengers we want. and Mighty Avengers. Both they are good. both 
Perfect. I liked Mighty Avengers a lot. That was like my oh, yeah. almost I, choice. So. I like that makes me want to run ten miles and yeah. like, punch Hitler in the face. Like, uh, such a good definitely punch Hitler in the face, but no, not ten miles. It's crazy. I can it's run five miles now. It's so, pretty great. Okay, congratulations. That's great. I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Good. You and Luke Cage getting it done. Do it. All right. Also on sale this week, collections: Amazing Spider-Man Epic Collection Volume One, Great Power. Marvel Masterworks Mighty Thor Volume 5 and Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 7 Digest. On the app, everything we just talked about with the exception of Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man. Excellent. Uh, also on the app, we have Avengers 152 through 156, 169, 178 through 180, and 182 through 192, as well as Defenders 47 through 50. I don't know. I want to... I don't know what that's. No, no, we gotta look like it up. Late we, defenders every, or every, middle defenders? No, that's, that's like early defenders. Defenders went like a couple hundred issues. So. No. Yeah. For wow. Real. If it doesn't get to two hundred, it gets close to two hundred. That's crazy yeah. talk. And uh, Moon Knight number one. There you go. From nineteen eighty. Yep. Because you asked for it. Uh, <laughs> collections on the app this week. We've got Exiles Volume Four Legacy, Fantastic Four by Mark Wade and Mike Waringo Ultimate Collection Book Three. New Mutants Classic Volume 4, Secret Warriors Volume 6, Wheels Within Wheels, Uncanny X-Men Volume 5, She Lies With Angels, X-Factor Volume 18, Breaking Points, and X-Men Asgardian Wars. Hey, and freshly digitized on Marvel Unlimited this week, we've got A Plus X number 18, All New Ghost Rider number 1, All New X-Factor number 5, Amazing X-Men number 5, Avengers 27, Avengers Assemble 25, Captain America Homecoming number 1, Deadpool 26, Guardians of the Galaxy 13, Thunderbolts 23, Uncanny X-Men 19, Winter Soldier, The Bitter March number 2, Wolverine the X-Men number 2, and X-Men number 12. Very cool. Time for news. News. Comics. We've got a lot of stuff going on with the all-new Young Guns. It's actually been really fun. We've gotten a lot of cool content and exclusives from them. Um, first up, this week we had a three-part Sarah Pacelli um, is it Pichelli or Pichelli? Pichelli. Pichelli. Sarah Pichelli sketchbook, which is amazing. Sarah dropped, like, literally two full PDFs worth of sketches and inks and all sorts of stuff. So Tim O'Shea, who has been point man on all these great sketchbooks, has been talking to her. So that's probably two parts out right now when you guys listen to this. Uh, third part coming on Friday. Really, really good. Worth, worth checking out. Ryan Stegman joined me for a podcast. I did that one solo, and it was, it was very candid. Uh, as Stegman tends to be, but it was good. It's like, it's very interesting because you don't realize how long he's been here. Um, he's been at Marvel for mm. like, he's been here longer than I have. Um, yeah, he was working on the, um, he was working on the Magician, the magician Apprentice stuff, books. Yeah. Uh, and it took him a little while to break in, but a lot of interesting stuff. Ryan's a really He's cool also kid. a lot better artist now than he was Yeah, and he, but I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, candid, because he talks about that yes. flat out. Um, so that's really interesting. And then another sketchbook last week from David Marquez, who also shared a lot of great exclusive sketches. Yeah. He's really good, too. Really good. Like, you look at his Inhuman stuff. Oh, Stegman. Yeah. All right. Well, because I just said David Marquez. You confused oh, me. Oh, yeah, no, no. I know David. David. You're like, David Marquez is no we good. Talk about let's talk about David Ryan all the time. Yeah. And I, no, I just had Ryan in my head because I was you yeah. know, reading Inhuman this mm-hmm. week. I was like, man, that cat can draw yeah. really friggin' well. Yeah, and he's got, yeah, he just is always improving. Always yeah, but all of them. Yeah, Sarah, all of them. David, you know, yeah. Ryan. Oh, so good. All good. Uh, new weekly interview series, again with Tim O'Shea. Tim O'Shea is just basically running the site right now. Thank you, thank you, Tim O'Shea. Um, he is talking to all the folks doing Logan's Legacy, which is going to be the Death of Wolverine Aftermath series. He spoke to Tim Seeley 
last week. I'm not sure who he's talking to this week, but it's somebody who works on Logan <laughs> Logan's Legacy. Uh, a lot of Captain Marvel stuff because Captain Marvel 100th issue is coming up. Uh, so Brett White both looked at 10 essential Captain Marvel issues and then also spoke to Kelly Sue DeConnick about her personal highlights. That'll be coming up soon. Greg Pak, we were just talking about him. He talked to Jim Beard about Storm. Uh, probably my favorite fighting fanboys we've ever done. Uh, editor John Moisen went one-on-one with Stardust from WWE. Uh, new tag team champion. Yeah, he, he was not the, as of the interview. He got the cosmic key. Got the cosmic key, which he exclusively revealed I to love us that. was the tag team titles. Uh, Stardust. We have known him in various guises. A uh, longtime friend, huge comic book fan, incredibly compelling interview. Uh, he and John kind of interviewed each other, sort of. Uh, it was wonderful. And if you're a wrestling fan of any sort, you need to read that interview. Uh, and 30 Days of Access keeps chugging along. We've had more reveals of characters who are going to be involved, uh, more art. We've almost got a full page of Adam Kubert art now, if you go and collect it all, and lots of cool stuff there. Video games, Disney Infinity is out. It's on sale. You and I have both we played it. We did it. it. We both USA. <laughs> yeah. USA. Uh, you and I both have it. We've been having fun with it. Um, Great game. We have been cranking out the content for you guys. I just posted yesterday for videos that you did from the Toy Box Summit. Those are on our YouTube page right now. They should be making their way over to Marvel.com shortly. Uh, you talked to John Vignacci and John Blackburn and Chad Liddell and Bob Lowe, all guys who worked on Disney Infinity. Uh, we've got lots of trailers and videos up. But seriously, at this point, you know, you can watch all that stuff, but just go out and get the game. It's super fun. Yeah. Have a good time with it. Um, and while that is certainly a huge game and is not the only game we've got going on, we've also got Contest of Champions, our new fighting game. We showed Gamora last week. You tweeted her out. Uh, we showed out a picture of the construction of the character. Ben Chabala spoke with the folks over at Kabam about the game, about Gamora. And we will have more this week. Yeah. Lots of stuff. So much stuff. And then... Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2 kicks mm. off today. We'll have been in the past for yeah. you guys listening. Very exciting. I'm sure Strami has tons to tell you. He's got a new podcast coming. Oh, yeah. He's been uh, working well, on... at this point, uh, the new podcast we've already yeah. debuted. Yeah, look at that. Let's, you know what? Let's go over Fingers to Strami crossed. and see what's going on. Strami and Patrick. Patrick oh, yeah. Yell. Patrick, we can confirm. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get plenty of tweets, but Patrick apparently is on the podcast very, very upset that we don't listen to his segments. Told me a joke that he told last week. I uh, was not very funny, but yeah, you know, sense. keep trying, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to them now. All right. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom with assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh for another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring Stromy and the Wolfman. This week, of course, we've got some big, big Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news. Namely, we premiered. Yeah. We had our season premiere uh, last night as we were recording this. It was awesome. If you missed out on it, that's bad, and you should catch up on it. On your DVR machine, on your Hulu machine, on your VCR. VCR. For all those people that tape it. For Hey, I used to do that every week, NYPD Blue, man. What year was that? That's like 97. Um, anyway, we, of course, had our big premiere. It was awesome at, at a very shocking ending, to me at least. I dug it. 
uh, I was also at a special premiere event last night uh, that where we got to see both the first episode and the latest cut of the second. The entire cast, along with the EPs, were there. Uh, Patrick was there. He got to see the first two episodes. Man, and the candy they had was so sour. There was- there, was, there, was, there, there actually was a lot of candy there. This isn't like Patrick speaking in some weird code. They had like a normally, lot of candy yeah, no, there. like there was, yeah, yeah, it was. I was just eating all that candy, watching that episode. That episode was was out of hand. I loved it. Oh God, you and the puns. Anyway, if you saw the episode, you'll understand Patrick's pun. Kind of, <laughs> kind of. Anyway. Yes, we have been celebrating the season premiere with a ton of interviews. We talked with basically the entire cast. We talked with Clark Gregg, Ming-Na Wen, Brett Dalton, Chloe Bennett, Ian DeCastiker, Elizabeth Henstridge, Henry Simmons, Nick Blood, Lucy Lawless, and BJ Britt. You can read all of those interviews, all ten of them right now on Marvel.com. They're all called Rebuilding Shield, so you can check those out. We had... Some videos that we shot last night, actually, at the premiere event that will be going up. Uh, They probably won't be up by the time you're listening to this, but you can look out for them. Some more interviews with, again, the entire cast. And we are launching, or by the time you're listening to this, we hopefully have launched, our This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. This will be coming at you every week throughout the season. It's stars, well, me, and I will be talking, well, not stars me, I host it, I guess you, you are say, involved in that it. is, I am involved in it, it actually stars the stars of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., because I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you're listening to the podcast for Clark Gregg and not me, I don't know, but, yes, our first episode was with Clark We will be talking with a lot of the cast, uh, a lot of the writers, a lot of the crew. It will be a really fun thing that we'll be doing over the course of the next uh, eight or nine months, however long we are uh, this season lasts. So keep your eyes out on that. There will be a new episode every Wednesday. And I know you just can't get enough of my dulcet (laughs) tones from this. Emphasis on dull Oh, set tones. Anyway, they're a very good podcast. They're very good interviews. I've been on sets uh, interviewing a number of the cast already. We've banked quite a few episodes. Uh, and yeah, I'm really excited for this actually. Other than that, we also debuted the first photo of Adrian Palicki as Bobby Morse, head of Hydra Security. Wink. No, there's no, there's no oh, wink there. Oh, She's yeah. actually head of Hydra Security. Um, so, yeah, she is uh, the head of Hydra Security. That's really all I can say about that. You'll be learning more about her uh, in the upcoming episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, uh, yeah, there's some very cool stuff coming up with her character. But for in the meantime, you can check out the first photo of her as Bobby Morse, a.k.a. Mockingbird, on Marvel.com. And that is more than enough for me on Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Patrick, what we got going on with Avengers Assemble? Oh, well, this Sunday, which is the 28th, on Disney XD at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, we've got the second season premiere of Marvel's Avengers Assemble. So we've been posting a few things this week. We posted a 
teaser of that first episode. Uh, there should be a couple more clips going up of things that you can come to expect in this first uh, first episode of the second season. We are not done yet. We've got a brief introduction to uh, one of the major players of this season by the name of Thanos. Thanos is going to be making his animated Marvel's Avengers Assemble debut. So uh, we've got some info for you guys on Marvel.com to help you get acquainted with Thanos. We've got uh, an interview coming up with Dan Evans, one of the supervising producers of the show. We've got lots of good stuff on Marvel.com. So just keep your eyes there for all, all that real cool stuff. Written by a real cool guy. Well, it was true right up until the end there. Absolutely. All right, so that's pretty much everything we've got for you this week, this week in Marvelites. So, with that, we wish you a splendiferous weekend, a splendiferous week. We thank you for listening, and we'll chat with you again in seven more days or so. All right, thank you, uh, Stromy and Patrick. Uh, so it's time for this week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. Time to talk about Mystic, and we have ourselves a very special guest. Say hello and introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Janine Schaefer. I was the editor on Mystic. That's it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, what else You're do you awesome? need to say? Yeah. Uh, what do you, what do, you do well, now? You guys are supposed yeah. to talk about how awesome I am. Yeah. I'm not supposed to talk about how awesome Janine I am. just looks great, and she's really radiating confidence mm -hmm. and just mm -hmm. professionalism, oh, thanks, and it's incredible. Gosh. Yes. It's, I'm... I'm glad I'm on the other side of the table because I would just be blinded. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so I well, chose no. Mystic um, because one, I love the book, and I thought, you know, we had been we had done uh, Squadron Supreme, which was super depressing. Super depressing. Everything dies. Yep. And everything goes horrible for all these characters. And I wanted something that was a palate cleanser, something that was a quicker read, and something I really liked. So uh, I went to Mystic. G. Willow Wilson is just amazing story laid out in four issues, which blew me away. It's like such world building yeah. in, in a short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, well, that's like her thing, right? Mm -hmm. Is she just knows how to create a world, like an entire detailed world, and all of these characters that populate it, and not just the ones that you see here, like she knows like everything like every kind of person that populates it right. all like the class structures the political st structures like everything uh it was one of the reasons why i went to her for this because of her work on um cairo and air uh i just thought she would be perfect for this um and we knew we only had four issues and we needed to kind of like pack everything in because mm. our goal was we're gonna kick so much butt on this mm -hmm. that we're gonna get like, like I said, hashtag six series in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. I oh man! Uh, and then you combine that with um, David Lopez and Nathan uh, Fairbairn, and um, the who's the anchor on it? Alvaro. Alvaro Lopez. Alvaro Lopez. And Jared Fletcher was our letterer. Yeah, mm. uh, and particularly. Uh, and Amanda Connor. Sorry, does amazing and, covers. And Paul yeah, on the covers. Mm. Yep. Uh, but David, you know, pulls together. I think they, they complement each other really well because she's developed this whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this world and everything, and he takes that and 
like builds like the different classes, what they look like, what they wear, you know, like yeah. the different looks of the people in this universe and everything feels very cohesive and ties together extremely yeah. well. Well, we were really fortunate in that we had um, a decent amount of lead time on this. So we really had the time to do incredibly detailed character descriptions and plots um, and, you know, David did all of this character work, like not just on the characters that you see, but again, he also did like, here's what the military wears, here are what the lower classes wears, here's what the rich people wear. Like just pe people, and that you see kind of pepper through the book, they don't yeah. have any lines, they're literally just people in the background. Yeah. But he designed them all in advance, which is amazing. And what was also great about this, I mean, I feel like everyone was such a team, like it really was teamwork. I know that sounds really cheesy, but so Willow, you know, is building this huge world. And at every point, the entire team was really chiming in with, and then we could do this, and then what if we had these people go here? And David drew an entire map for the city. Mm. Like, we have a map for the whole city. Oh. Um, what it looks like from the air, what it looks like from in profile. Um, you know, a lot of the, um, the machines, like the ether machine, David, like, drew plans for it. Like he knows how it works, which uh, it sounds crazy, but he and he like went with science. He was like, and here's mm. how this would kind of work in real in the real world, and it's amazing. Oh, that's so cool. Definitely get that sense when you read it. I was gonna say like when you see just like a background character or someone who has a few lines, I was always like, oh, there's a lot more to them. Yeah. Like you could tell you guys were setting up for potentially to do more, but it also reads really well as a. It, it's it's a nice story that like leaves you satisfied, but also leaves you wanting more. Yeah. Like I definitely want to know what happened yeah. next, yeah. and I still am frustrated now reading this like years later. I'm like oh, yeah. And it, it was an interesting. Um, it's interesting acrobatics when you're doing a book like this, it, you know, because normally when you're doing a, a an ongoing series, you want to tell a complete story in each arc, but you also know all these characters are going to be back for the next arc and the arc after that and the arc after that. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of build out, well, I generally kn know this is what's going to happen, unless you're like Jonathan Hickman with his <laughs> insane series of notebooks and he knows what happens in the next, yeah. you know, 180 issues. But for the most part, you know, you kind of know what happens in the next couple of arcs and you know that you have some time to really lay it in. But with this, we really had the trick of, we know we have four issues. We need to make sure that this story feels totally complete and totally satisfying but still pack enough in there that if we get the green light for another yeah. series, we can pick up on all of these threads yeah. without it feeling like hanging hanging threads. Yeah. And I think the team did such a great job on it. it. It really is, like I said, it's a tough bit of acrobatics, but I think they pulled it off. It was unique because it was, I mean, it was one of the few cross-gen books during that little grouping. When you took on the project and you guys were developing it, was... Was this the type of situation where you're just like, all right, we know the general feel of what CrossGen is? Because I've never read the original CrossGen book. Uh, so uh, I did. I okay. loved CrossGen. Okay, cool. Like, I read a, a lot of the series. Yeah. Um, and this was one of the ones that I read. I really okay. liked it. So when we said we were getting the opportunity to do some of the CrossGen stuff, I really leapt at, I want to do Mystic. I want to mm -hmm. do Mystic. Like, I, I have no idea what we're going to do with it. But <laughs> I love the series, and I, I want to do something really the, cool with it. What was the conceit of it? Yeah. It was kind of, it was... Sort of the same thing, um, but I th if I recall, like she was a she was a princess mm. who, in a world where the aristocracy has, you know, these magical powers, and so it, we kind of took that, but we wanted to turn it on its ear and make it a little bit of a, of a, 
um, rags to riches kind of story. Mm -hmm. um, so we can also tell the sort of fish out of water, you know, this this girl learning how to be uh, in a different class. And Willow was really interested in the political aspect of it and wanted to talk about that. So I thought we had a cool a cool balance of what the book was, but also turning it into more yeah. of a YA story. Did the original have the two girls, or was it just one? Because that would seem so central to this. Um, oh, now I like it. Now I can't remember. I think it was just. I think there were two. Yeah. I think there were two. Yeah. If I recall, mm. the internet is exploding. I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sorry, Ron. I don't remember. <laughs> but no, no, that just interested me because it was like obviously that's cool that you were a, a fan of the original series. It was one of those things where it's like, are are we just hoping to capture the spirit of it, or are we you know doing a straight retelling? This feels like it's you know definitely a yeah. mix up. Which is so. Cool. When you, how did you recruit? I mean, you said you liked uh, G. Willow Wilson's work and her other projects, but what do you say to someone like, "Hey, we've got this cross-gen book. What do you, what could you do with it? How does that work?" Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think I, I just went to her and said, you know, I have this book. Here's the kind of feel that I wanted, that I was looking for. Um, do you have a pitch? Is this something you'd be interested in? What do you think? Um, I, I really knew that I wanted it to be more of a YA. Um, in tone. Uh, I knew that I wanted it to be, you know, I mean, obviously the, the original book had a, a really great woman at the center of it, and yeah. I, I wanted that, but I sort of liked de-aging her a little bit and giving her more of a sort of, she doesn't have it all figured mm -hmm. out, kind mm -hmm. of, she, you're learning how to grow up, and also all of this new stuff all piled on top of you. Mm -hmm. um, I love the X-Men, so I love <laughs> those kinds of metaphors, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, you know, Willow went back and thought about it, and came back to me with a pitch and we really workshopped it for a couple of weeks. Um, and she had, honestly, she had most of it mapped out. We I think we had most of it mapped out in those first couple of weeks, uh, all four issues. And then she went in and broke everything down more detailed. That's amazing. Um, I also, and I, I was, we were talking about this before the podcast, uh, the art reminds me of a Don Bluth animated film. Mm. I uh, love like, Don Bluth. It, mm. Right? Like, I could see everything here, like, the movement and the way they would, like, the, the animation and the way it would flow and the feel of it all. And, you know, the art team is just incredible. And that popped off the page. Like, I want to see this turn into an animated film. Yes. 100% ag agree. And that was, like, when we started the project, I was like, this is totally going to happen. Yeah. And people at Disney are going to see this, and they're yeah. going to be like, oh, we'll just make this into a cartoon. It'll be great. <laughs> um, I, and I have to say, so Nathan Fairbairn, who is amazing, he's so talented, and he's such a great artist to work with. Uh, so he really had this concept, right? And he was like, listen, I'm telling you right now, I've just done something, and it's probably not what you're looking for. It's probably the opposite of what you're looking for. But all I ask is that you really look at it and think about it and show it to the team and show it to whoever you need to show it to there. And like, please let us do this. I think it's gonna be great. I think it's really gonna make it stand out. So he sent me the first batch of pages and it looked like this. It had this like kind of animation, all the dropped lines and the sort of more painted kind of backgrounds and the real flat coloring on the, on the uh, characters. And I will admit, I was kind of like, oh, we can't do this. Mm. <laughs> we can't do this. Like, they're looking for a superhero book. Like, mm -hmm. they're looking for a superhero book. I'm pushing it, even making this a little bit YA. Right, right. The dreaded words, YA. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I 
and I said to him, like, I'm, I'm nervous about this. And he was like, just show it to people. Mm. Like, please, please, I think it's going to be great. And, you know, I showed it, I showed it around, and people were kind of like, look, we, this is not what we thought, but it does look pretty amazing, yeah. you know? So let's just run with it. You know what? Run with it. Everybody run with it, and we'll see what happens. Like, throw it at the wall, see what happens. And it, I, I mean, like, all props to Nathan. Mm -hmm. He had a vision, you know, and he talked with David, and, and David had a vision, and it was perfect. Like, they were right, and I'm really glad that they convinced me because they were completely right. And I think, too, if you notice, Jared, um, the lettering isn't pure black. Mm, it yeah. has a little bit of a tone yeah. to it, and it the balloons a faded, have a little yeah. bit of a tone to it, because he, he was kind of like, it looks weird, like just black yeah. looks weird, and pure white looks weird. Right, with those this. colors. So, yeah. you know, it was really the whole team so, like, just gelled so great. I love it. Yeah. Um, obviously, we have yet to get a follow-up, but uh, is anything, does anything, do you remember any of the, the ideas? Did you talk about any of like, the follow-up stuff? So we talked a ton about um, bringing forward the Mean Girls a little bit, if we got to do... That's what it seems like is getting set up. The second yeah. one, to sort of make them like get more into their backstories, um, to show kind of how, how that class works also, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to get more into the politics and the class structures of the world. Um, and to bring them sort of more in as more fully formed characters. Because I think that was the one part that we felt sad that we weren't really able to do. Mm -hmm. We had to do so much shorthand right. with so many of the sort of not hero characters. Yeah. This is the handsome guy. This is the mean girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, that kind of a thing. Right. And I think we tried. I think we were re kind of able to differentiate some of the quote unquote, you know, bad guys. Mm. Um, who were bad I and in one way or another, uh, either on like the social aspect or the right. There really were no true bad no, guys, which is kind of cool. We tried really hard to give them all more than just the one dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's that in our in the next one we really wanted to focus yeah. more on uh, Felice and I can't remember the other girl's name. Um, yeah, so we wanted to focus more on them and mm -hmm. kind of tell their story a little bit and show it from the other side, which yeah. would have been really cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. really cool. Um, we have a bunch of, uh, last week I had checked, nobody had read the book at that point or commented on it. Slackers. And yeah. so I was like, guys, you got to read it. And then we have like four pages <laughs> worth of stuff, great. which yeah. is great. Uh, do you have time? You want to hang out and see what the fans uh, are saying? Yes. All right, cool. Hmm. Um, so Ashley Neat says, is it just me or does Mystic remind you of Harry Potter? Um, there's, I think, you know. The, the magic school of it all, oh, I yeah. can see that. And like yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. great big wizard who's, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, but it's very much its own thing. Yes. It, uh, you know, like the steampunk and, and the look and the feel and the characters. And yeah, I mean, we definitely, I mean, I love Harry Potter. I, I mean, who doesn't love Harry Potter? I'm sure there are mm -hmm. people, but I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about I'm it if you don't like it. Staring at me. I love those books. I know. Okay. I just don't get your references, but I still it's yeah. fine. I usually drop a reference. Yeah. That's just as well you should. They're, yeah. It's just because they're deep cuts. <laughs> I don't know your deep cuts. All right then. I know who Dumble okay. is. Okay. All right, Dumble continue. Guy. Yeah, continue. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I love Harry Potter. I love, um, I I love like uh, those kinds of stories. You know, like I that is like an X Men kind of story too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I just love those kinds of stories. So sure, I totally. Totally can see that. Yeah. yeah, it's not the worst thing to say. No. Does no. it remind you of Harry Potter? D 
DJ Fanko. Oh, that's rough when your best friend gets the unattainable prize you most desire. I like this hashtag apprentice blocks. <laughs> that was still, even though I had read it before when it originally came out, that was still the most devastating moment of the entire thing to me. I mean, that's that's the moment that makes the series in my yeah. eyes is when uh, when sh- when Giselle gets it instead of Genevieve, and yeah. I just and felt terrible for both of them, honestly. I, and I wondered if. Because for us, like obviously, we knew that was what—that's what the story hinged on was yeah. that turn. Um, but I wondered how many people would have guessed that coming, and right. if you did, like, right. would, it, would it not be as much yeah. of a gut punch? But I—I I think it still was, even if you kind of knew or had a sneaking suspicion. Well, rereading it for me, it still was. So yeah. I yeah. think it's more just—you can see it coming. It's just the emotion, and also David does oh. a lot there. Right, the yeah, faces that's what I was say. Like the yeah. tears streaming down her eyes. Yeah, like, actually, yeah. she's like. She's slumped over yeah. in the like the second to last panels. It's, it's actually it's right, right here. Those panel layouts that kind of like fall away. Yep, yeah. that's what that's fall. that's what the next tweet's about. Yeah, yeah. he says he says uh, David Lopez's fall away panels in issue one perfectly conveyed the unexpected heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead on. Oh man, issue two really ratcheted up the drama. The twist at the end was really cool. I love G Willow Wilson's storytelling. Um, after finishing Mystic, I was hoping for more of the social classes working together to solve the problem. I get maybe that it's in Mystic yeah, but too, I, but I think that that <laughs> everybody felt real and the world felt real. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't just oh, everything we're right. all together in this now. It's yeah. like no, these are real people yeah. with real problems, and this is a huge issue in this this community. Like mm-hmm. they're it's not going to be solved yeah. like that. And I think that was that was really important to Willow, um, that that be less of a, we're, you know, now we're all on the same page and everything is great, and more of a, okay, we've taken some small, incredibly small right. steps. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, where where are we? Where are we left at the end? Some uneasy, some uneasy alliances. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with Genevieve kind of taking over mm-hmm. for... For, uh, oh God, what was that guy's name? Philippe. Philippe. Yeah, Philippe. And Giselle returning to yeah. uh, the castle. So, yeah, I think she was right on on that. I see it, but she was right on. And again, that, those were kind of some of our threads that we wanted to be able to yeah. pick up on in the next series. I had issues with Felice, but then I was supposed to. She <laughs> was a mean girl. This was like, she was a mean girl just like Philippe. <laughs> Philippe was That's clearly kind of not amazing. a mean, yeah, yeah, right. That's sort of great. He kind of was a mean girl, yeah. in a way. They were the yeah, they were the flip flip, flip sides of each yeah. other. Uh, Mystic was a great selection. It was out of my normal reading routine, so it's cool that you read it. Um, but told an interesting story with beautiful art. I've enjoyed the new Miss Marvel by G Willow Wilson. Now I kind of want to explore more of David Lopez's work. Yes, as well you should. Yeah, I love David. He's so where, wonderful. Where else could they find Captain this stuff Marvel. From Marvel Limited? Yeah. Captain Marvel, he did uh, a run of X Men. X Men, yep, yep. Um, New Mutants. New Mutants. Right? Yeah. Yeah. His New Mutants. Uh, oh my God, he's so good. The Abnett and Landing run. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Jonathan Dunker says very nifty use of magic mixed with technology. I would love to see this as an animated series. Boom. Yeah. So you should be a producer, Jonathan, yeah. and you should have money to throw yeah. at getting this picked up as right. some sort of production. Write your congressman. Yes. Does this still work? One, I also want to mention one, one thing about the technology stuff. So like I said, David was really like, okay, he drew like a blueprint for the machine, and we kind of knew how everything worked, and the steam-powered dogs and all that kind of stuff. Steam-powered dogs are great. Um, Okay, so the other thing is, so the, it all sort of revolved around this eclipse, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, well, we had given the uh, we'd given the world two moons. Mm. Um, so it was like a full eclipse versus a po like what's a full eclipse versus a partial eclipse if there's two moons and mm. so it had to kind of revolve around this once every the time. There's a you know a syzygy. Thanks, yeah. X-Files, for teaching me that word. <laughs> um, where all the planets line up. And cue everyone telling me I'm thinking of the wrong episode. But all yeah. the planets line up in a very certain way, and, the, and then they can collect the ether, which mm. is used to sort of power the world. Um, so we were kind of, we ended up having this huge email argument over how this eclipse would actually work. Nice. You know, where, and I mean, literally every member of the team was like, I don't know, here's what I think. And <laughs> does this work? Does this make sense? And David was drawing little like, okay, well, here's what the partial <laughs> eclipse would look like. And everyone was moving it around. And what would it look like? So I ended up reaching out to a guy at NASA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trent Parado is his name. And he used to be the public relations uh, manager for NASA. Uh, he's now in charge of, um, I think he does outreach for the International Space Station, mm. which is pretty awesome. That's really cool. And he was so great. So he, I explained the whole thing to him, and he was amazing. Then he was like, okay, let me talk to our guys, and I'll get back to you. Mm -hmm. So he went and talked to all these, like, jet propulsion experts and oh my God. You know, the, their planetary guys. And he came back, and he was like, here's what we think it would here's what we think it would look like and here's when would be like the maximum darkness and like they gave us like little blueprints of what it would look like sent us animations of planets that they had discovered that had uh multiple moons <laughs> showing like how many cycles it would take for everything to kind of line up and how long it would be and the wow. which ones looked like yeah. were an earth kind of setting so here's the ones we should look at it was Amazing. Yeah, that's so cool just in it of was itself. Like one of the most like nerd heaven moments <laughs> of my life was talking about comics with a guy who works at NASA. It was so cool. I and they're it. also yeah. huge Marvel fans. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I just great. love that in, in, in theory, Mystic is one of our most scientifically accurate yes. books. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is more real than like Iron Man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's Perfect. awesome. A uh, bunch from Kyle Charles. He says, started Mystics for Mystic for this week's reading club. Normally, I don't like magic, but I will give this a chance. Mm. Why do I have a feeling that Genevieve is going to turn bad? <laughs> that whole montage where Ondine, which was a great character, she's yeah. awesome, where Ondine dresses up Giselle, reminds me of the film She's All That. <laughs> this, the, uh, this next series of tweets is very funny. Yeah. Uh, Felice reminds me of one of the popular girls from the movie Mean Girls. The leader of the revolution reminds me of Seamus. Hopefully he gives someone a broke kid. I just like that there's all these yeah. pop culture references <laughs> yeah. that go into inform Kyle's reading of the book, which is, is great. Um, he says, didn't see Philippe getting stabbed coming. That really came out of nowhere. I, that moment is, is intense because yeah. like, you're not, the guy's, you know, he, he's a rabble rouser and troublemaker, but he's, he believe it seems like he believes he's doing yeah. the right thing. And then, boom, that's yeah. a rough, intense mm -hmm. moment. Uh, and he says, I must say that Mystic was a really good book. The art was amazing, and so was the story. I liked how the roles reversed between Giselle and Viv. Was there a follow-up to the story? I would be interested in reading it. I would, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting a little groundswell here. Yeah. yeah. These people. That's uh, so Ollie's to, to Axel who? and Tom? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Let's do sure. it. Hey, make this a thing. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. All right, Nolan J. Hitchcock, I enjoyed Mystic quite a bit. Would like to see more of that world. Uh, and then he CC'd Willow on the tweet. The world of Mystic was really interesting. The class stuff, the way magic worked, there's clearly more stories to tell there. 
The relationship between the two leads feels more developed than should be possible in four issues, too. Impressive writing. Oh, man. I, Willow was like, like I said, we had a plot, like a really detailed plot right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. We had so much to pack in, and she really nailed it. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. yeah. Penelope Cat says, uh, issue one, Wilson and Lopez do a great job setting up the world without seeming too heavy-handed. Framing the exposition, exposition through the girls studying about the world for the choosing mm. makes it more natural. Agreed. It's pretty clever. Yeah. Also, it's Lopez's art creates an effective Victorian fantasy world where steam-powered dog homunculi seem a natural fit. Yeah, like everything. I was like, I, I bought it. Yeah. Everything was like, <laughs> yes, I get it. Okay, more. Uh, also love the we feel we feed children to the dogs graffiti. <laughs> that was clever. Yeah, I can't remember if that was. It, that was one of those moments where I can't remember if in the script it said we feed children and then David added to the dogs. Yeah. Or if that was in the script. Like, I, I don't remember because so much of it mm -hmm. was such a teamwork oh, thing. Yeah. Uh, he says, Ga, right issue two in the dentist office and don't remember any details I wanted to comment <laughs> on. I do appreciate the combination of fantasy with school drama, reminiscent of Harry Potter, but still its own thing. Issue three, Master Alexander seems pretty quick to dismiss Giselle. Disappointment or a master plan? I was actually wondering about that myself. Yeah. It's like he's, yeah. you know, slow it down, old yeah. man. You know, like yeah. you were all behind her and now. Yeah. yeah. But it was great. You know, maybe she needed a kick in the butt. Yeah. Um, issue four, okay, clearly disappointment, not a plan. Uh, and now Alexander accepts Giselle back in. Such a fickle guy. Uh, yeah, but I mean, he's. You know, he's human. And again, ish. yeah, and I mean, again, ish. ish. And again, <laughs> I think that to Willow's credit, nobody made the e no one made choices where you could just like totally back them up and oh well, I knew you were gonna do this and so yeah. that's why I did this. Like everyone really was a flawed person. That's actually in contrast to because I know they didn't do the they did the Harry Potter comparison again. I feel like yeah, if it were Dumble person, yeah, say, like Dumble dude is always like oh well, I knew all that. Like ever, I feel like generally in this genre where it's like magic stuff, it's like there's the I don't believe in you, but it's really a fake out because there was a prophecy and I knew all along, which is why I kind of like this because he was like ah, I'm not really sh like the all wise, all knowing older guy character, which I feel is a you know standard to these types of stories was different than the yeah. usual all-seeing, all-knowing old guy. He's no McGonagall. Uh, and now, nobody is McGonagall. I don't, know, no. I don't even know what that is. Yep. Uh, this is a nice, complete story, but it's so good, I wish we had gotten to follow it. Uh, also, the Lopez's art is great. <laughs> David Lopez really makes the teen characters look like teens and gives the whole world a very distinctive look. I had been a fan of all of CrossGen's books. My, mm. The original Mystic made me a fan of both Ron Mars and Brandon Peterson. Oh, Brandon was on yeah, that. I didn't yeah. realize that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that, that's a killer too. team. Oh, Ron my God. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, it broke my fanboy heart when they collapsed. When I heard Marvel was reviving some of their titles, I was really excited. I enjoyed all the Marvel CrossGen revivals, this mm. one most of all. Really faithful to the spirit of the original while feeling like its own thing. It's a shame we only got three series and only four issues of Mystic. Agree. Still, we got four great <laughs> issues telling one great complete story. Very glad to see it getting some additional love from Twin URC. Oh, you too, Bugs. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Ronaldo Gesmundo, I love that name, um, which is his real name, I'm assuming, so congratulations. <laughs> um, really cool story and wrapped up way too quickly for me, but that relates to enjoying and time flying, I guess. Uh, Rick Jones, longtime Marvel supporting character, <laughs> says... What is this mystic book? Never heard of it, but it is fun. Yeah, there sure you go. Is. That was the whole point. Yeah. Like, we wanted people to check this out. 
We got a few from uh, Squirrel Boy 2099. Remember reading issue one years ago and not being able to find any later ones. Love the steampunk style world. Just finished Mystic and loved it. The characters felt very real and all different, much like the kids in Runaways. Was this all there was in the series? Would love to read more. Seems like be, a recurring yeah, theme. Yeah. theme. Hmm. I think hmm. you should read this last one. And the last one I sent to, uh, I sent, uh, I wanted G. Willow Wilson and David Lopez to read all the comments coming from the fans because mm -hmm. I knew you would be on the show and we would talk about it. Yep. But I wanted them to see that their work is really appreciated. And he just, David says, still one of the best works I've ever done. Thank you. Uh, and, you know, it's fantastic. I want more. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, all right, now we have a goal. Yes. Get more of this. Yeah, let's Kickstarter it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, put that? that idea out there. Yeah. So, Someone will pick it up. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, would, I would love to just package this and send it to, like, John Lasseter. Yes. Like, hey, maybe you, should, maybe you should check this out. Yes. Yeah. I, Eisner Award nominated. Really? Yeah. For what? Yeah, we were nominated for, for an just Eisner the, for the book? Uh, awesome. Yeah, the book was nominated for best, oh, cool. um, best, best work for teens. Yeah. Damn straight. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Janine. Oh, yeah, thank you, guys. On, Honestly, thank you so much. This has been like, it's it's one of the best things that I've ever worked on. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things I've ever worked on in, in 10 years. Yeah. So to, for, for, to see it getting love and... It, it honestly makes my heart grow. Good. My Grinch Aww. heart grow three sizes. Aww. <laughs> well, hopefully You're this is the least Grinchiest person here. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, Even in this room. Yeah. Uh, but it's time to pick another book. Yeah, I was just thinking, we always talk about doing Exiles. Yes. So let's do it. USA. Yeah. USA. For America. Yes. Uh, my favorite Exile story is A World Apart. What do you is, think of is that one? not the first? Not the first one. So that's interesting. I don't want to start with the first one. I think it's like the third one or something. Okay. I'll set it up. I'll put it out there for you guys. Uh, we will talk about it next it's time. In the, it's in MU? If not, I'll sure pick something else and we'll edit <laughs> this podcast because I don't check before I come in. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But that was uh, really Awesome. I'm very excited to reread Exile. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Uh, Janine, where can fans find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm at J9, the number nine, Schaefer, S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. For years, I used to spell your name incorrectly, and now I've mastered oh, it. Oh, I noticed that. I'm sorry. A <laughs> lot, e lot of emails got lost because they were going to a non-existent <laughs> jschaefer at marvel.com. Okay. I was like, okay. why does Janine never get back to me? I need this, <laughs> I, I need this Wolverine I like art. I like that somewhere there's a, oh, yeah. there's like a there's, bunch of emails. There's a huge inbox like asking for Wolverine art pages yeah. that yeah. just never came. Jim Schieffer is like, yeah, why Jim, am I getting all these emails? <laughs> oh, I work in accounting. I don't have these. And he just uh, had to respond once, though, so that's yeah. whatever. It's not, it's not on me. All right, and that wraps up another episode of This Week of Marvel. We'll be back next week uh, with our last episode before the live epic. Jesus. Epic. All right. Thanks, guys. This is Marvel, your universe.